0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington.
1: And I'm Kyle Tucker of the Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On podcast network and curtis pretty big deal to the big blue nation (laughs) happened here in crazy very uh loud and electric rup arena tonight i uh was walking
0: in and passing the student section and they might have had some um brown liquid that the buffalo trace people who sponsor this (laughs) edition of this show make Uh, yeah they also
1: (laughs) left like what looked like a like refugee camp (laughs) That always happens. They waited and waited and waited and waited in line all the way around Rupp Arena, a huge crowd. And, like, not just the students. It was the earliest arriving... Kentucky yeah, crowd, I, uh, I can remember.
0: I could not get – I got here because I was producing baseball back at the station, and so he just came straight from there. So it was about two hours before tip-off, and I could not get to the entrance. Like, I had oh, yeah. to literally Wall say – I had to say, excuse me, excuse me, had to do the thing. where like like, even, and people yeah. are like giving you the side. Well, like, well, you think you're better than me? Right. And, no.
1: and how often do we watch a game tip off? Even pretty good games, league games, like where there's plenty of empty seats. Yeah. Every single place – seat in the place was packed. It was – Jumping from the start, it helped that Kentucky wasted no time getting out to a lead. But that place, I thought there were times where you could feel the place shaking. It was um, the
0: um, third largest crowd in the history of Rupp Arena.
1: And probably going to be the the biggest crowd that we'll ever see yeah. from here forward yes. at Rupp Arena. Um, because there are going to be renovations to decrease the size. Um, 24,467, almost 25,000 people squeezed in here tonight. It'll only hold about 20,000 when they're done with the renovations for next season. Um, so this, I mean, we're never going to see Rupp Arena fuller than we saw tonight, almost certainly, or crazier, louder. Uh, in my now seven, by the way, we should say the score. Let's just scoot, scoot ahead of that. 86-69, to 69, number five Kentucky over number one Tennessee. Tennessee had won 19 in a row. Correct. Um, but the place, the, the roof felt like it was going to come off the place. Uh, Kentucky opened the second half with a 14 0 run to go up 24 points on the number one team in the country. And that, the place was just uh, thunderous. I mean, they were up six at halftime. And up 24, like, five minutes into the second half. So. And it
0: was actually a 16-0 run because they scored on the last possession of the right. first half as well.
1: Ashton Hagen's crossed the dude over and laid mm. it in and, and set the tone. But, I mean, they came out swinging in the second half. Uh, let's see, largest lead. It got to 24 for the first time at three, 13 minutes and 23 seconds to go. There's about 12 minutes left the last time they led by 24. And then there was a little... Just a little scare that like started to feel a whole lot like Louisville the other night. And let's just pause for a second to think how insane it would have been if in the same week, in the same state, separated by 80 miles in three days, or four days, uh, number two Duke had come back from 23 down at Louisville in the last nine minutes, and number one Tennessee had come back from 24 down in 12 minutes at Kentucky. I think the state might have burned to the ground, <laughs> uh, but Kentucky uh sorry tennessee despite a 13-0 run to make it a little scary never got closer than 11 well, i mean the crazy the, thing
0: that's the greatest stat Can, tennessee won on a 13-0 run and like late was, in the second half and the and lead and, never got below 11 yeah
1: i mean that that is amazing that that, uh, that if you said if you said to someone going into this game the number 1 team in the country tennessee is going to have a 13-0 run in the heart of the second half would you would can, does Kentucky lose that game? You'd probably say yes, <laughs> or at least that it's a close game, but they weathered that storm and they won by 17 against the number one team in the country, not for much longer. And I know we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast, but there's the, the the clear place to start is I was so right about P. J. Washington many <laughs> months ago. <laughs> when I said when he came back. In the spring, on our old podcast, this dude could be the SEC player of the year. And it didn't look like it early, Not in part because he was inconsistent, but largely because Grant Williams was dominant yeah. on a dominant team. But also, the other thing to come out of tonight is P.J. Washington owns Grant Williams. He Very is, much so. And there was some really interesting stuff that came out of the post-game interviews. P.J. had 23 points. on. At one point, he was 8 of 9. He finished 9 of 12. One was throwing up a late shot clock shot 23 points, five rebounds, two blocks, two steals, and an assist. And it was the seventh 20-point game in the last eight for P.J., and all eight of those games have been good. I think that the one uh, anomaly, I think he had like 15 and 14. Yeah, Um He's playing over the last calendar month, full month, eight games, like the best player in the league. And he dominated the dude who was the presumptive SEC player of the year in Grant Williams. Grant Williams, last year in Knoxville, we talked about this on the podcast, before P.J. left the game with cramps, just dominated him in Knoxville. He had six points and four rebounds, Grant Williams, in the 23 minutes that P.J. was on the floor. P.J. had like 13, five, three blocks, two steals. He, I mean, he dominated him. And after that game, even though P.J. left with cramps and Tennessee came back and won, you never hear somebody say this. Grant Williams said, he was in my head. Basically, he dominated me and he was in my head. And I asked PJ about that tonight, and he smiled and said, when I heard he said that, I knew that I could do it again tonight. And then the best line of the night, I, talked, I asked Tyler Hero about that, and he said, I think they're scared of him. I think they're scared of PJ. I think everybody is scared of PJ now that the way he's, he's playing the way he's playing. And I, I mean – I think so, and I thought I thought everybody on Tennessee's roster looked scared of P.J. Washington tonight. He scored at one point on five – he hit a three. I think his first bucket was a three.
0: Yeah, per pure jumper Washington. And then it was one.
1: either five or six consecutive – not all consecutive trips, but for him, consecutive post up his man, back him down, back him down, into the lane, turn around, jump hook money every time. And it, they tried three different guys on him, Alexander, who he fouled out – uh, and Reed Travis helped. Uh, uh, Admiral Schofield, who fouled out, and Grant Williams. And it did not matter. And he scored multiple times over every one of those guys. Especially Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield, the two stars of Tennessee's yeah. team. The two veteran guys who are built like bodybuilders. Well, most people have probably seen the pictures that they put on game
0: day. Those and two's before working. and after. Yeah, yeah and their body... They're like really sculpted.
1: I mean, they're, they're they're like hulking dudes, and yeah. that's where they've made their hay. Is like they, like they weren't highly recruited, you know, highly touted. They're still neither one of them is really still like a huge draft. Pro- they're I both guess,
0: fringe first rounders, yeah. I think. Yeah, when you um, look
1: at mock drafts, but they kind of bully people, and tonight they got completely bullied. Yeah. And Rick Barnes said, "I didn't know who I was looking at tonight." Grant Williams. I talked to him. He said soft, use the word soft, about, it, about the, their team. Um, this was a statement in a lot of ways for a lot of people for this team, Kentucky. I mean, talk about full circle. From three months ago, you start the year getting bludgeoned by the what, what is going to be the new number one team. Mm-hmm. And three months later, you blow out the current number one team. Um, full circle for them. But m- more than anything, I think P.J. Washington – like. Got very much in the sec player of your player of the year well, race I mean, and, and obviously now, when you're in
0: contention for that you're talking first team all america like i mean he's got
1: a, he's going to well, be on it, some all america teams now yeah, I think, it, yeah. It,
0: it, and it'll it'll be you know splitting hairs probably when you're looking at first team and i can't think of everybody off the top of my head obviously you know zion and there'll be some duke representatives but um, I don't know how that'll shake out, but if you're if you win SEC Player of the Year, I would imagine you're in consideration oh, for yeah. uh, first team All America, and yeah. you know that is uh, you're bragging a ton now. But there was, I mean, that was questioned at the beginning of the the season. He had a couple games where he was up and down, and a lot of it it was just kind of average. And Cal's been, I mean, uh, what was it the Vanderbilt game when he said I'm not letting him backsl- backslide, and that's why he left him in that game, even though the, mm-hmm. that game wasn't in doubt. And it's kind of paying dividends, Mm -hmm. and um, we're about to. We'll talk more about the front court in a bit, but I I think John Calipari is going to finally take our advice and try to play EJ and PJ together because (laughs) he said tonight, like basically, EJ's been playing well, and the only the only way I can get a minutes if I take him away from PJ, and I don't want to do that because he's been playing unforgettable. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk more about the big guys. They had an unbelievable shooting night from the from the floor. And it's pretty clear why Kentucky won when you look at that stat. But before that, I do want to tell you guys a little bit more about Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, coming up on the 22nd, they have their annual legendary Craftsman Dinner Series. It's at Buffalo Trace Distillery. It will feature distiller, distillery legend E.H. Taylor and chef Paul Brantley of the Southern Steak and Oyster out of Nashville. Uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor's four-grain uh, bourbon has just been added to the tasting lineup, um, you, and that is, was recently awarded the Whiskey of the Year by Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible. So it means it's a pretty good bourbon, and you want to be there to check it out. Um, to get more information about that, you can go to buffalo trace distillery dot com slash events. You get information and tickets are all available there. Buffalo trace distillery dot com slash events. And if you can't make it uh, to the dinner, you can still go check out Buffalo Trace Distillery. Uh, they have complimentary tours. They have a bunch of different types of tours. Uh, they're open all year round, so even if it is a little, still a little chill in the air, you can go and warm up at Buffalo Trace Distillery. Just go to buffalotracedistillery.com for more information. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Kentucky's big men, P.J. Washington, Reed Travis, E.J. Montgomery, and Nick Richards, shot 75% from the f- field tonight. They That's- were 15 of 20.
1: That's pretty good.
0: And you're talking about getting in the heads
1: of Schofield and Williams.
0: I think that's a pretty evident stat.
1: Well, and the other piece that we're not talking about there is uh, Reed Travis officially two for four. He also shot 10 free throws. And between them, PJ and Reed Travis shot 17 free throws. That's a lot. Nick Richards had a couple. So that's 19 free throws from the big guys. I mean, they just absolutely mauled and bullied Tennessee. And while my previous prediction was they split the home games, and I still – I mean, Tennessee's going to – it's going to be a real challenge to go win in Knoxville. It always mm-hmm. is for Kentucky, for anybody. And they're going to be mad now. Ashton Higgins added a little bit to that by getting in some dudes' faces yeah, I the didn't Yeah, we didn't get Look to like ask uh, Cal, Cal about very that. very upset about he got,
0: it. He lost his mind.
1: But – but, and uh, Ben Roberts of the Herald-Leaders said this to me as we were talking about that you know the idea they would split he said if if kentucky's big guys are going to play like this then probably not like kentucky's just better than tennessee when the big guys play like this yes uh and i've already told you i i think that pj washington owns grant williams i mean i think it's i think what at least in his case what tyler hero said is true like he's he is to me Looks like a dude who's legitimately afraid of PJ yeah. Washington. Yeah. Um And I mean, he still he played a, a good game. Uh, Grant Williams was at sixteen and eight, but he had three turnovers and he only got four field goal attempts. He he also was a guy who went to the free throw line a bunch, but I think two of those were getting fouled on three point shots. Well, one was or one was, another one was Schofield. Yeah. Um. But I mean, like. 16-8 and eight looks like a great stat line. 16 points, 8 rebounds, a couple steals for Grant Williams. Anybody watching that game knows that P.J. Washington completely dominated him. Yeah, and that was the other and, thing. And two of his ma- six of his points, two of his makes, were when Reed Travis was defending him and left him wide open at the top of the key in the first half for three-pointers. And uh, he, he basically did nothing against P.J. Washington. Yeah,
0: but the, and I understand those threes because uh, Williams coming into this game had only hit multiple threes once. Yeah, and that's I think not, it was
1: a, not a bad Defensive decision to
0: make. Yeah, that's, that's, I, so I understand why that you should, there was no, re, after he hit the first one, no way you should have left him open for that second one because he's shown that he's even able to hit it in this game. So you need to get out there on him. Um, but Reed Travis, I thought also impressive defensively. And yep. I think we talked about this going into this game. This matchup is conducive to him because, um, Tennessee plays undersized. You don't undersized. have to be a long yes. athlete. He had two Just blocks. Be a bruiser. He had two blocks, I believe, which yep. uh, I mean, he doesn't normally block
1: and shots. And he got off the floor to
0: block him. He was yeah.
1: playing pretty aggressive. He had 11 points, 8 rebounds, two blocks. Uh, Reed Travis. I mean, look. If if they get 34 points and four blocks and two steals combined out of Reed Travis and PJ Washington, and then get something, anything, out of Nick and EJ in, an, in this matchup, they're going to beat Tennessee 10 out of 10 times. Yes. If that happens. Because uh, Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery combined for nine points and six rebounds in 15 combined minutes. I mean, that's perfect. That's – get. getting – Why? I'm just laughing at uh, Nick's uh, foul per
0: minute. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so perfect. Nick had
1: four fouls in six minutes uh but he had a a big block and he had the had I mean, great he had a great uh move uh to score inside look at, looking like a Kimolagewan down yeah, low yeah yeah you called him Nick Nikolagewan um EJ was 3 of 3 from the field 6 points 4 rebounds in 9 minutes uh he had a mega jam that was that uh Oh, yeah, where he was, like, dropped out of the ceiling because it was one where it was a weird hero uh, Hero was going on down break, on the break. Missed it. And, and missed
0: it left, and normally a lot of those times the putback jams are kind of centered or your guys... Ball EJ came somehow... came off the rim,
1: and he just came flying in out of wherever. Yeah,
0: and, like, he contorted his body from left to right and threw it down. Like, a it was, slingshot action, yeah. It, it, was, it was really and, impressive.
1: And the crowd very much like that. I mean, I would say, again, I would... Other than, like... And and Ben Roberts and I were talking about this too, trying to think. And he he brought up one good one, which was uh, I believe when they the the actually the NIT year. It was after they'd lost New Orleans, they'd lost, and they lost at Florida when they lost New Orleans. At the end of that regular season, they beat Florida here, to what we thought probably punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament without New Orleans. And this place was pretty nuts then, because it was sort of meant a lot. And I would say other than that, the one that came to mind for me was the North Carolina game. Yeah, the uh, in 2012 or 11 12, but I mean, this was a this in the Calipari era. This was as about as good an environment as you could want. And, that, and the team had a lot to do with that. They, the team energized the crowd, and then I think it was uh, then it was a, a symbiotic relationship.
0: Um, a couple other notes on the crowd since we're talking about it. was was pretty impressed with uh, the Tennessee fans showing up. There yeah. was a good smattering of orange.
1: They weren't allowed to make much noise, however.
0: They did not get to make much noise. Also, there were a ton of former Kentucky players in attendance uh, as being All-Star Weekend. Winion Gabriel, Isaac Humphries, Malik Monk, Kevin Knox, Winion Gabriel –
1: I think that you was all him of them already.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, and so they were all there, and uh, I might be missing one or two because there's just so many. Um, but it was it, it was a good environment. There was a lot of a lot of, I mean, it was just start to finish, as Kyle kind of said.
1: I mean, the anthem was obviously it was Monk, Knox, Gabriel, Kid Gilchrist, Poitras, and Humphreys. I forgot six MKG. guys. Sorry, yeah, MKG was here. That was a throwback. I haven't seen. I don't think he's been back here in a while.
0: Well, he's been busy. I think he's been playing every every in year in that rising star thing because i feel like every year the rising star just them, gets yeah. older and older players yeah that's you know, like, true ben simmons is playing in it and i don't think he should anyway um <laughs>
1: that ben simmons might win rookie of the year <laughs>
0: <laughs> in his seventh year in the league um so yeah i mean the, the
1: atmosphere was just unbelievable start to start to finish yes and i think we have made an egregious error here in what? when we talk about start to finish and what got kentucky after the start Kelvin Johnson, yeah, I know. At one point, I I got, I got took that in. F- Kelvin Johnson at, at at one point early to kind of ignite them took what would have been five consecutive three pointers. The first one, his foot was on the line, I guess, and it was a two. But five consecutive deep shots hit uh, four of the five, and three of them were threes, and scored thirteen straight points. I'm sorry, eleven straight points for Kentucky, and I think thirteen out of fifteen for them um, in one stretch and they got it. Would they, I I think they led by like what eight or nine in the first half. I can't
0: remember getting over double digits in the first half.
1: Um, got down to like four, I think. And then Kentucky scored right before half, but Kelton Johnson was excellent early and, and like he got hot and it was like, they like everyone on the team recognized it and just fed him. Uh, he had a falling down three in the corner. He hit, I mean, he hit from all over. Mm -hmm. I think he hit one from the top and he hit one, uh, from the left, uh, wing or corner as well. And Keldon finished um, 19 points, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Um, and was 18, 8 of 14. He had no free throws, oddly. It was all j- pretty much jumpers for him tonight. But he and was he was really, really good.
0: And after the game, he it kind of seems like Calipari maybe got onto him a little bit after the game because he talked about how he should have attacked the rim a little bit more even after he was hitting those shots early. Yeah, he faded
1: um, away for a long – I mean, he had – he had 13, I think, at half or 15, and he finished with 19. So, I mean, yeah. he, he kind of vanished, but part of that was just PJ took over, and yeah. uh, that was that.
0: Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about Keldon Johnson's uh, roommate, Tyler Hero, because he had an impressive game, but it wasn't because of his shooting. You are locked on, Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tyler
1: Hero, how about the uh, old double double? How many double-doubles did you anticipate Tyler Hero getting uh, this season? Yeah, none. And also, like, almost everybody on this team has a double-double now. Uh, I'm going to have to look at that. But, like, I think he didn't have one, right? Oh, I don't think so. He might you know, he had 15 points, 13 rebounds. At one point it looked like he was padding his stats because he needed to get to 10 rebounds. <laughs> he and missed. he missed three straight shots and got them all and, and put it back. But then... He gets fouled and goes to the line to get his double double in points, misses the free throw. It was he had hit thirty consecutive free throws Everybody and him. missed, but he then made his last six to close the game. So he finished uh, fifteen and 13, 8 of nine at the line, three assists, one steal, one turnover. He played a very good game. He's only three of eleven from the field and still played a terrific game. Very active rebound. I mean thirteen rebounds That's for, impressive. for a shooting guard. Um, and, by the way, we should mention, Kentucky out-rebounded Tennessee uh, 39-26 to and outscored Tennessee 36-20 to in the paint. Uh, but just to circle back to the Tyler Hero free-throw shooting, even with that miss over the last 14 games now, he has made 36 out of 37 free-throws. And for the season, he's, oh, I think, still over 90%. He's, I mean, tracking towards... Kyle Macy's record. Yeah. I could um, definitely see him getting it. Just, I think Macy's record is just shy of 92%. And he t- I asked him tonight about it. He said, uh, Hero said, he, t- he shot a lot more of them in high school, so his percentage was not as high. Mm-hmm. He, he thought he was eighty, only 89% in high school from the free throw line.
0: Well, and Kyle Macy was in the building today as well. But everybody, I felt like everybody was in the building. He was today. calling the game for national radio, ah. and um, you know, me and John Calipari are just having a, a grand time going back and forth on rebounding the last couple press conferences, <laughs> Kyle. And uh, in this one, I'll read you the quote because um, I asked him, "What's what's Tyler doing <laughs> to be able to get all those rebounds?" And Calipari said, "Attempting to rebound," yeah, and makes a uh, and uh, he continued. Um, he said, "If you don't attempt, now this is one that's probably hard for you to understand. If you don't attempt to rebound, you're not going to get the rebound."
1: Then he said the same thing yesterday. Yeah, in the he did. Pregame? Uh, Tyler. And also
0: um, on Tyler Hero's rebounding before you get to your free throws, PJ Washington said that Hero was stealing some of his rebounds. That's why he didn't have as many today.
1: That's a good point. And PJ stepped it up, got a couple at the end, or it really really been lopsided. He only had three with like a couple minutes yeah. to go. What he end with? Five. Yeah. Um Tyler Hero is now 53 out of 58 from the, for the season, 91.4% from That's the line. That's pretty good. Line. That'll get the job done. Yep. Yep. And, uh, PJ Washington, by the way, we said he hit a three to start the game, and we've talked a lot about how many millions of dollars he's making. I think in the newest ESPN mock, he's up to 17, so he's three spots out of the lottery. Yeah. Uh... He is now forty three point four percent from the season for the season from three. Sounds like I a mean, pur- pure that's, jumper that's to a, me. That's a pure jumper, pure jumper, Washington. <laughs> he is uh, third on the team now and made threes in way fewer attempts than Keldon or uh, Tyler. By the way, Keldon, who started out r- shooting very poorly from three, Keldon, yeah, and Johnson, you called him out about it. Yep. Kelvin Johnson is now forty one point four percent from three. That's at impressive. A high volume. I mean well, he's, the, and he's taken he's taken thirty four more than P J has
0: taken. And that's the thing that's that's interesting and I know you guys that listening aren't super interested in uh, projecting guys to the next level when it's still in season, but the Kelton Johnson thing, he might have hurt himself overall this year. But from what I listen to and when I hear from from people who cover the draft, his shooting has been like completely eye opening to yes. them, and they have, they did not I, expect. I think
1: it. most people expected him to be about a thirty yeah three percent you know yeah. in that range thirty to thirty five, and he's forty one and a half percent, and he's taken quite a few. Um, Uh, No, Keldon Johnson is going to be a lottery. No, I know. No, I'm just – Yeah, he's probably slid a couple spots, at least in the, if you believe, mocks. But I would guess when he works out and, you know, the way he – depending on how he finishes this season, he's going to be right about where people thought he would be going in. I think P.J.'s climbing. They may end up with two lottery picks.
0: I could see that happening. Um, Um, Speaking of guys who went in the draft, do you want to end with uh, Hamadou?
1: Yeah, I mean, what a night for Kentucky – you beat number one badly, and as that game ends, they had a cool video on the Coach Cal Twitter account. The team huddled around a phone in the locker room watching Hamadou Diallo win the NBA dunk contest, which, by the way, if my friend uh, Sam Youngman is listening, uh, he's a uh, former political writer, um, here locally big uk fan i went to western kentucky with him worked on the student paper we had this sort of back and forth and it prompted me to ask questions that made hamadou diallo mad last season yes he he was convinced and i was convinced with him and i'm not totally unconvinced well, can, now uh, go ahead go ahead because and there's a conspiracy theory that they let them use smaller balls in the uh dunk contest because that I would be smart to do true. they should i mean i'm just my conspiracy theory oh anyway uh that Hami that couldn't palm a basketball because how many times last year did he try these crazy dunks and he was hot, plenty high enough and he, and he would miss them and, and it always looked like he was cuffing it. Yeah. And, and so that's from there came my theory and questions. Sometimes that would make him mad about, can you palm a basketball? Yeah. Um,
0: I think comedy said that's why he went pro to get away from, Kyle Do, to get, yeah,
1: to get away from those <laughs> questions. Just like Kelvin will leave to, to get away from my criticism of his uh, shooting. But now nah, he shut you up with that one. Uh, Also, uh, just a a teaser, um, or a a promo, I guess, Uh, Brett Dawson wrote a piece. I think we talked about it, Um, maybe. Did we talk about it? I don't know. Anyway, Brett Dawson, who used to cover Kentucky, now covers the Thunder for the Athletic, wrote a piece that is kind of prescient now, earlier this week, about Hamadou's dunking skills as he was going into this contest, and that he – he believed in his mind he had beaten Zion Williamson at a dunk contest in high school. It was a pretty high-profile one at one of the big events in, in New York, where he's from. And he made the finals against Zion. He said he had him beat, except he just needed to make the dunk, and he didn't make the dunk. <laughs> well, that means you didn't win the contest. But anyway. Uh, he didn't make the dunk because he couldn't pull him the ball. He doesn't have to worry. Exactly. Tonight, he does not have to worry about uh, moral victory dunk contest wins. Not a high school dunk contest, he won the NBA slam dunk contest, and he did it in part by – I don't think it was in the finals. None of us were able to watch this live. I think it was in, one, in the round before that maybe. Either way, he jumped over Shaquille O'Neal's head, hung in the rim Vince Carter style with his elbow in the rim. That's, that was the move that, like, one of the dunks that stunned everyone that night, that historic night Vince Carter had in the dunk contest. He hung in the rim. So he jumps over – Shaq, a seven foot two dude uh, and a wide one, hangs with his elbow in the rim, and while he's hanging up there, the camera's panned to him, and he rips his shirt open, and he's got a Superman shirt underneath. Yep. That is a class. I mean, that's one people will probably replay for a long time. I mean, you jump over a, a Hall of Famer for one, uh, and it was it was great. So he wins the NBA dunk contest. After the game, I asked Cal about it. He knew that he had won the contest. I don't. Didn't sound like he knew that he had jumped over Shaquille O'Neal, and so I described this all playing out, and he said he jumped over. Was Shaq on his hands and knees? No, it was Shaq sta- standing straight up. Wow, I got to see this. And I said, and you know, I said he hung in the rim and pulled his shirt open, and Cal said, "Really? That's my man." <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, very uh, pleased. And uh, his facial expressions, the video, I think, make that exchange uh, much better because Cal looked like a very proud papa to hear that. And, well, it's, I mean, what a cool story for Hamadou Diallo, a guy that everybody thought was crazy, including me, for going to the NBA. He wasn't ready. He's playing major minutes. He's like a legitimate NBA player. And then he goes and wins the dunk contest as a rookie in the NBA.
0: And, you know, that will be a thing that never gets taken away. You'll always have that.
1: That's like, that's one of those things that happens in your life that go in your obituary. Yep. There are not yes. a lot of obituary things like if he does nothing else, that would make it. His, that would make his obituary.
0: I will say to your questioning if Diallo could palm the ball. I heard this theory from someone um, that if you watch the dunk contest and someone's getting thrown a lot of lobs, it means they don't they can't palm the ball well. And from what I saw, Diallo got a bunch of
1: lobs thrown. Mm, Sam Youngman, you're vindicated. So even an NBA slam dunk champion has trouble palming a basketball. So that's, that's if Brett Dawson has any stones, he'll he'll press Hamadou Diallo on this repeatedly until he breaks and admits that he cannot palm a basketball. Yeah, and then um, when little, ba- little tiny baby hands
0: when uh, Diallo leaves. The Thunder and Free Agency
1: would be like, why did you leave, Hamadou? Because these fools kept asking about <laughs> the size of my Kentucky hands. These guys from Kentucky are obsessed <laughs> with the size of my hands. But congratulations to Hamadou Diallo. That's pretty cool. That is pretty I, awesome. I want to go home and watch the rest of the dunks, but, like, I mean, I, I'm sure he did not top jumping over no. Shaq.
0: And uh, I think they call it the honey dip. Someone told me they called the... When
1: vin- you hang. The hand, put your whole elbow It's in also, like... We're to the point that it's really hard to do something new and creative. And, like, people have jumped over people and people have done, like, elements of what he did. But he managed, all when you pull it all, Put it together, all together, to do something different. Yep, and yep. that's hard to do. Good for Hami.
0: Thanks again to Buffalo Trace Distillery. Check out com slash events for more information on their upcoming um, dinner on February 22nd. Uh, be sure to follow along with me on Twitter. I'm at CurtisBirch, B-U-R-C-H. I'll be tweeting out some of those clips, probably including what Kyle was describing there uh, when Calipari was talking about Hamadou. Uh, you can follow Kyle on social media.
1: At KyleTucker underscore A-T-H. Be sure to be following
0: along at LockedOnUK. S- find us on Facebook. Just search LockedOnKentucky. Please rate, review, subscribe, and then most importantly, share it. I got those reviews that you guys put up there. I really appreciate them. We're going to read them uh, when we are back in like a stable environment because right now it's after midnight and we're in some rough Arena media lounge and I kind of want to go home. So, Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you soon.